You know, I was going to go back to LA after my time in the desert just to like get some nachos. Honestly, yes. I kind of was like saying it was when about you, work. <laughs> when you Shush. say you want to be in LA with your best friends, let's be clear that you're talking about your best friends, <laughs> the nacho cheese and chips. I mean, I get nachos here in New York. It's not the same. It's just fucking not the same, guys. <laughs> it is not the same. Can you hear me? Hello? Oh, I just had to turn the volume up. (laughs) (laughs) What happens? I'm not saying that anyone's trying to sabotage you. Yeah, no. Again, beware of the saboteurs. Your volume knobs are always turned down. And I'm like, does somebody have OCD where they have to turn everything down? I guess this is a a Raymond Padilla question before he splits. Some type of elf in your life who's just going around turning things down? Gina? Could Gina do it? She doesn't have thumbs, but maybe she's very smart. She's so smart. Remember when the cats turned the faucet on? I do remember that. And almost flooded my house. Destroyed your house. I mean... I mean, anything is possible. You have had animal saboteurs in your history. I know, and I just feel like saboteurs are lurking all around us, Casey. And our (laughs) job... (laughs) (laughs) is to locate and destroy the saboteurs. Wow, wow, wow. Well, yeah. You know what's the worst? A saboteur that thinks they're helping. Oh, so many of those (laughs) motherfuckers about... When they're just like, someone left the stove on and I turned it off. Thank God for me. And you're like, I was... There was a pot of water on it. I was making tea. Did I ever tell you about the girl that was my roommate for the last season of what's the name of the show Dawson's Creek Dawson's Creek yeah and I lived with a girl that I was friends with from the crew and we were messy I mean we were messy but you knew that part but um (laughs) I woke up one morning really early for a call and she had been out without me and I went downstairs and I was like what is that fucking smell something smells insane down here And it was a pot of fully made macaroni and cheese. Oh, no. On the stove with the stove burner still on. Oh, no. And the entire macaroni and cheese was like black inside the pot. Yeah. And was just like disintegrating into ash. Oh, my God. That's not (laughs) messy, by the way. That is homicidal. (laughs) She passed out. She forgot. Oh my God. That's, I mean, you could have died. Could you imagine? If that had been how I died, it would have been a fucking. Your epitaph? Ugh, no, no, I don't. I can't. I won't. It didn't. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that's. Well, listen. I mean, okay, so a happy medium between vigilance for a stove and like turning off someone's tea water. I'm not saying anyone's done that to me. I'm just saying, you know. I live in a family of a little bit. There's a little bit of busy body-ishness going on in my house. Yeah. I don't have that experience (laughs) in mine. (laughs) The experience in my own home is that if I don't do it myself, it never gets done. But I hear that. I hear that. You know, to each their own. (laughs) Oh, 
my gosh. Well, well, I would like I would like to know who's going out of their way to turn down your volume knobs all the time. I don't know. It certainly wasn't cricket that's passed. <laughs> few days. Aww. Poor little cracks. Poor, Poor little cracks. Yeah. So sick. Aww. And here's the update. Sarah Bareilles said it on Instagram, so I feel like no problem me saying it. Tested pause for the coves. Oh, no. So she has COVID and <laughs> I was exposed of to course. her last week uh, Thursday. Okay. I mean, we're at Tuesday. And your, girl's, okay. your girl's still negs. So fingers crossed, okay. guys. But someone in my, someone in my family has it. They're <gasps> in the hospital. Not in my what? not in my oh. house, but someone in my yeah. Oh and, no, I'm uh, sorry. No, it's okay. Delta I mean, or Omni. I'm assuming Omni, although Omni, Omni, Omicron. Omicron? A, I call it Omnicron. <laughs> I think it's Omicron. It Omicron. Is Omicron. Omicron, whatever. But I'm assuming it's Omicron, but it's not great. It hasn't been great. But is and, uh, is the person, was the person vaxxed and boosted or no? No. No. You don't know. No. No. They was weren't. was not. No. Got yeah. it. Copy that. Yeah. Well, it does seem to be the thing. Again, we're preaching to the choir here. Yeah. But... You- you guys are vaxxed out there. We're all vaccinated. SBs, Sarah, Sarah is vaxxed and boosted, but... How's she feeling? I gotta say, I mean, I think she's a little under the weather. Doesn't, uh, I don't think she feels great. But she's doing okay. I mean, she's okay. You know, she'll be okay. And um, I just feel like the idea that there's like a preferable version of this thing that has like I feel like that's kind of been perpetrated a little bit yeah like I just think it's all bullshit like guys do you want to get sick I don't want to get sick I actually fucking hate being sick and Friday night Saturday morning so I found out Friday that Sarah was positive and then that meant that I was exposed and I was bummed but also weirdly felt like I don't know I was hopeful that it was going to be okay and then Friday night, Saturday morning, like 1 a.m., I woke up with cricket projectile vomiting. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. Like, I haven't seen that or had a kid do that. I don't think Birdie ever was like this. This was like The Exorcist. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I've done it myself. So I, I cannot- threw away the sheets. Yeah. Oh. Gosh. Like, I was like, there's no saving this situation. Oh, my gosh. It was horrifying. Also, I couldn't think of how to even try to save it at that time because it just seemed daunting. Oh, my God. I feel you. One time when I started uh, medication, when I was going through a medical thing, the doctor was like, watch out. It might cause some stomach upset. And uh, I took it. And I want to say like 30 minutes later, I was like, I'm going to throw up. And my bed was literal like eight steps from the bathroom at that time. I went into my bathroom and projectile vomited into the mini blinds. (laughs) (laughs) What did you do? Matt was just like, I mean, we're going to call it. So we just throw them away. I'm going to try to clean these up, but no guarantee. But there was just like, there was barf particles 
all over. Oh, Casey, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. Guys, trigger. This is a trigger warning. Some people can't even listen. Post, can't even hear about it. trigger warning. But so I don't blame you th- for throwing your sheets away because even no, the, it was the memory like, of what had happened mm-mm. to them. Also, I did check the tag and I was like, oh, these sheets have been around for a really long time and they're not <laughs> they're not like fret linens or something oh like I was just like throw them away but then she was super sick and like <sighs> it was really hard yesterday was I kind of uh, yesterday was really hard for me um because she got on Sunday she was recovering so we talked to the doctor obviously I called the doctor And he was like, well, you can definitely give her a test for COVID, but I just have to tell you, there is like a really nasty stomach virus that's going around New York City kids right now. So we've been seeing a lot of it. And I would guess that this is what this is. So, you know, gave all of the usual advice and then gave us this anti-nausea medication for her. Yeah. Which was worked like a charm, but she hated the way it tasted. And... So then Sunday, she seemed to be kind of doing a little bit better. But I have to just be honest. I was really... um, I wasn't tracking, I guess, enough how much water or liquids she was drinking. I just wasn't... I wasn't on top of it. And Sunday night, she was like... Got real like lethargic and it wasn't great. And then... Mm was getting her to drink some stuff and got her to finally got her to take some Tylenol. And then Monday morning, well, the blessing, I guess a little bit was that I was supposed to work super early Monday, but because of the Sarah COVID debacle, I like was told at like 10 the night before, like, you don't have to come to work tomorrow. So I got to stay home, but I was like, I'm going to let her get sleep. I don't want to wake. I want her to rest. But then before I left to take Birdie to school, I Mark was like, I'm really worried about her. She like, I, well, he was like looking up stuff on like WebMD, which well, is just, you know. Yeah. Don't do that, guys. Just don't do that. <laughs> it just don't just do it. lead you down a lot of roads. Yeah. Dark paths. Yeah. And uh, there's like a multi-system inflammatory syndrome or something that happens post-COVID right. in kids that's like Kawasaki's disease yes. almost. Yes. And yeah. it can it's like can be fatal basically. Yeah. But a lot of the symptoms overlap with the stomach flu, unfortunately. Right. And because we don't like we've never tested positive for COVID, but I'm just under the assumption that that doesn't necessarily mean that no, none of us have had it. Right. Yeah. Like uh, my friend has chronic health issues and she's always in the hospital, but she just tested positive for a COVID, not COVID-19, I guess. And so... Yeah, well, COVID, because there's lots of different COVID. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I just figure where we've all touched it at least at some point. So anyway, but then so... But she wouldn't like... She was like conscious but she like wouldn't get up and like wouldn't move and was like on like my cricks you know I was just like it was really really scary and so I called the doctor um early in the morning and then on my way to school with Birdie he called me back and Mark was with Cricket and he was like 
our only goal today is to keep you out of the emergency room. And so here's what we're going to do. Like we had to give her a tablespoon of fluid every 10 to 15 minutes for hours yesterday. Hours. Like nursing a kitten. I know. And she was, and she was like miserable. She fucking hated it because she was also having like this panic that she was going to throw up again. Right. Right. And so she was just like, yeah, it was just, it was not, it was a very stressful day. And then Mark started to feel nauseous and I was like, come on, I can't. Moms never fucking get sick. Do you know what I mean? Well, even when we don't, yeah, even when moms do get sick, I know they, you just power through. Yeah. You know, when I went back in to see my sinus doctor, whatever, a week ago, and he was like, oh, you were like V ill, V V ill. I was just like getting up, going to work, be, you know, being a mom, doing the podcast, like with my head feeling like it was in a vice like the entire time. You know what I mean? I know. Do you ever... Okay, so I... This is a legit question for you. And, you know, you talk about like ADHD issues a lot. And, you know, that that that's... Um, it's your life. Um, so... It's my life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder, do you ever think like sometimes you just... Like you have an awareness of what's going on with your body, but you're just not paying attention to it or do you know or like how is that what is that like being sick like when you have ADD does it or ADHD does it make a difference do you think that's a great question I think it I do think it kind of does because I think I am aware that I'm ill on some level and I but then I have my to-do list of all these other things and and it's almost like, yeah, I forget that I need to seek treatment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because I'm always told, I've always been told my whole life, like you have an incredibly high pain tolerance, same, like same pain threshold. And I'm like, no, but maybe I am in pain and I'm just like limping forward like a weird zombie. Like maybe same. that. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the one time I had the copper wire IUD put in like after Birdie was born? I don't think so. Okay. So I got a copper wire IUD. And guys, I have friends who've had them and like, because it's the non-hormonal right. IUD. Right. right. And I have friends who've had them and have been fine. But they do say because it just, whatever, the that the copper wire one is a little bit bigger or something. I don't fucking know. Okay. That it can take your body like maybe a month to get used to it. And it could kind of, it kind of hurts when they first put it in. Yeah. And now, now I know more about my cervix than I did when I was 30 years old, when I got this copper wire IUD yeah. put in, for instance, I have a cervix that like tilts toward the back. I have like essentially a trick cervix, <laughs> <laughs> which should be no surprise to anyone who knows me. But anyway, so, um, so I get this copper wire IUD put in and I'm like, live my life. And I'm like mom and I'm on Cougar Town and I'm, you know, trying to just do my thing, whatever. And about six months in to having it, I realized that like, I've probably been bleeding more weeks out of the month than not bleeding. Oh my God. For, and I, and it was six fucking 
months that I let it go. And I was just like powering through, like not, I don't even fucking know what my problem was. So I go back to the doctor and I was like, yeah, I feel like this has been happening. And I guess I just wasn't keeping track of like just anything or, and how long I've had the IUD in or whatever. And he's like, let's just take it out. I, that doesn't, that's not right. Takes the IUD out and immediately I'm like, oh, I've been in massive pain for the last six months. Like I was just in a constant, like low grade pain in my abdomen. Yeah. Yeah. For six months. <laughs> and it wasn't until he took it out, like, late, like, I don't even know if it was immediate, but like later that day, I was like, oh, that pain that I've been living with is gone. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have, I mean, n- I don't want to go too far down this road, but I have examples of similar things. And I wonder how many people are like that. Like it's almost worth, you know how like a pilot Zero does- men. 0.0 men. <laughs> Do you think? I mean, yes, I don't know. That's I th- 100% a really, think. That would be an 0. interesting 0. study. But do you know how like a pilot does like, a, um, you're supposed to do like a systems check of your plane sure. before you... Sure. I wonder if it's just like, if like going forward, we should find five undisturbed minutes every day to be like, how do my toes feel? How do my welcome ankles to the, feel? Welcome to the Hoffman Institute, Casey. Saint oh, Ange. there you go. Welcome okay. to the I Hoffman just, Institute. I just invented mm-hmm. the St. Ange Institute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> essentially you, yeah. I mean, it is one of the things that you're supposed to do every morning and night. Yeah. Just take an and inventory the other, you of take how an your body's inven- feeling. Physically, physically, emotionally. Okay. Um, spiritually. Okay. You kind of like hit the, the triad. Okay. All right. I feel (laughs) like I only have time for one of those. So maybe like spaced out throughout the day, I'll just do one. It's actually interesting. Like I do, I've fallen off the Hoffman wagon a bit in case you can't tell. (laughs) Um, But when I do return to it and go back into like the daily sort of practice. And even if it's not daily, like every other day, I do notice a difference because I don't, I think I had just gotten so busy with work and everything that I was just like definitely not doing any of it. Yeah. But it's hard to ignore. You can really hear what your body needs you to pay attention to when you sit quietly. It really only does take five minutes for all three. System well, checks. that's also like, this is something that I've been wanting to talk to you about is that like, that is also like truly self-care. Like right. you are saying to yourself, I care about myself enough to just check in with myself and see how I'm doing, like to really have a frank conversation. This is also... um With no judgment. With no judgment. This is also related to, I don't know if people know about this or if we've ever talked about it on the podcast. This Dr. John Sarno, have you ever known of him? He's the back, the healing back yeah, 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 doctor. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. So, um, so he came to my attention years ago. He's like since passed away. He came to my attention years ago at the Rosie O'Donnell show. Our head writer, Jeanette Barber, had um, a problem where she couldn't walk. Like she she just had this like degenerative like period where her walking got more and more painful and she couldn't walk. And um, it was really, 
it was really difficult. And she went to a million doctors. And finally, somebody connected her with this Dr. John Sarno, who he was like a back doctor. And she was like, what the fuck is, you know, like, it's not my back. I don't think it's my back. But anyway, his whole deal, I got his book for Eric Gurian, by the way, one time, because Eric Gurian um, was always complaining about this back pain. I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever read it. I'm going to guess now. But um, wait, we need to talk about, I want to circle back to okay. that. We'll circle In back. two seconds. Uh-huh. So Dr. John Sarno, his, uh, and if somebody is like a follower of his or has read the book or used um, his his theories, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a long time since I've read the book, but I feel like I use it all the time. His theory is that the pain in your back is real. But a lot of times you'll go to the doctor and the doctor will be like, oh, well, you have like a, a bulging disc or whatever. And he... Dr. John Sarno is like, those are the kind of things that we all have, like, as we age, you know, if you looked at anyone's back, you'd probably see that, but you're having a a back problem. And so somebody's looking for like what the problem is with your back and they're seeing something that's definitely there, but is it like necessarily the cause for like your, your overall like terrible back pain. Mm -hmm. And so his theory is that back pain is real. And a lot of pains that we have in our bodies are real, but it's kind of like your body's way of um, just making something physical out of like emotional trauma or like yes. some... Yes, the body I, holds the trauma. Exactly. And the way that he said it, I think he just said like something that's bothering you, something that's bothering you. And he even said like that you don't even have to necessarily get to the bottom of whatever it is that's bothering you, like emotionally or mentally. You just have to have a talk with yourself and say, hey, body, I know what you're doing. I understand that this is about something that I'm upset about and it's not about my back. So you can stop. (laughs) Well, it's so interesting because, you know, my body did not hurt at all when I was at Hoffman. Really? That's really interesting. Like by the end of the week, I was in so, I was in like crippling pain when I got there. That's And by the end of the week, I was totally fine. And one thing that they like sort of, it's a, it's all these are all like circling the same ideas right yeah. like they ask you to sort of you know sit in a quiet space and become aware of your body mm-hmm. and like you separate out your body like see your physical self as it is right, right now right and then separate out your emotional self and you know so far as to like even how old are do you see when you, when you, when you ask your emotional self to like come forward oh, with wow. your eyes closed, guys, your eyes are closed. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Like wh- what age are you? I was so frequently a teenager. Yeah. Like I can't even tell you how many times I was like 14 yeah. years old or yeah. 15 years, like a baby, you know? That's interesting. And yeah. And, um, but occasionally like once or twice I was like very little, like I was like six. Yes. Yeah. I've, and then sometimes I'm just like myself, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then your intellect is you sort of just in your present state. Okay. And then and then your spiritual self is like your like best your best, your best self. Per, your best version of yourself. That's really interesting. I think of myself as about 15. Like I think, you know, I think that's your why emotional I, self? 
Um, yeah, I think of my emotional self as about 15. Um, but I have had that experience of like stepping outside myself and like, like it, it happened, everyone, it happened in a flotation tank where <laughs> I really had like a vision of like stepping outside of myself and comforting my littler self and saying like, it's okay to be sad about the things that just, you know, that people just can't do for you. You know, it's okay to, to mourn the loss of that, but like, I'm going to take care of you. You're going to grow up. It's going to be okay. But that's really interesting. It feels like you already, it feels like Bob Hoffman came to you in a vision. (laughs) Maybe he and I are like uh, flotation tank friends, his spirit. Each endeavor, each endeavor, each and every day, each and every week, I put on each and every deodorant. <laughs> that was no, beautiful. It was okay. Listen, guys, here's the here's the real. The my least favorite part about this freezing, frigid, cold weather is that underneath my layers, I am a sweat ball. And I the other day legit forgot my each and every. And I was also a stink ball. <laughs> and and then you know what was amazing? This is how good each and every deodorant is. Natural deodorant. I put it on over my stink. And you know what? It what? worked. It, it reversed worked. your stink? It reversed my stink. Oh it my really God. did. I believe it. It really did. Guys, we love each and every... You've probably heard us talk about it before. Sustainably packaged natural deodorant. It feels so good going on to your armpits. Yeah. It's just six simple, safe ingredients, coconut oil, dead sea salt. It feels... So, my armpits are cuter than they've ever been in my life. Yeah. yeah. I'm just telling you, like, they're committed to doing good for the planet. It's a great company. Their deodorants have been found to fight odor as well as an antiperspirant without aluminum. I mean, they're vegan and cruelty-free. Use ethically sourced ingredients. Guys, get into it. And they smell so... They smell so good. They They smell so good. They smell really good. Guys, join us and get some great smelling pets. Focus on self-care in many ways this year, but also... (laughs) With each and every, we have an awesome deal for our listeners. It's 30% off your first purchase. Go to our special URL, eachandevery.com slash best. Use promo code best30. Don't miss 30% off. Use promo code best30 at eachandevery.com slash best and get those pits smelling the best they've ever smelled in their lives. Listen, guys. I'm on a show that celebrates that everything old is new again. And you know, you know what else? Uh, you know who else does that? Is it Girlfriend Collective? It's Girlfriend Collective because they mean it quite literally. They turn plastic bottles and other waste that would end up in a landfill or worse, the ocean, into something new to wear that's amazing. They create responsibly sourced active wear for everyone from size extra, extra small, which Birdie wears, to a 6XL. 
They have you covered from head to toe. They have different compression levels for their pants, for ultimate comfort, supportive and soft bras, underwear, workout dresses, joggers, sweats, beanies, even little sandals now. They're making little cute slide, slidey sandals. Well, my favorite is the leggings. I can't say enough about how they fit, how soft they are, how they just feel like they like hold everything in, but they're not choking me. And the way that the seams are placed, they're really, really flattering. And it's a nice legging that I feel okay like putting on and going out to do an errand or whatever. For sure. Well, they make uh, all of their items in like staple colors, but they also have really fun, bright colors. And then they do like seasonal releases. Um, I wear my... I always have a pair of the girlfriend leggings with me as well. I love them and I love their bras. Um, They also now have a garment take back program called Re-Girlfriend. So if you're done loving your pieces, which would be, you know, a long time from now. But I mean, honestly, I've been wearing them for years. So... I'm about to re-girlfriend some of my pieces. You send back to them to be upcycled into new girlfriend gear, which is amazing. It's like real life sisterhood of the traveling pants. You could be wearing leggings that are made from leggings that Busy and I wore. I mean, I love that for everyone involved. (laughs) Anyway, for listeners of the show, Girlfriend Collective is offering $25 off your purchase of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash best. That's $25 off $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash best. Girlfriend.com slash best. Wait, wait, wait. But wait, I wanted to talk about this because I've been having a hard time recently. Like I, well, whatever. This, the last, how long has it been since New Year's? A week? A week and a half? I mean, 11 days. This has been the longest fucking 11 days of my life. <laughs> this has been, this has been, honestly, guys, I don't know about y'all. Yeah. This has been some bullshit. <laughs> and all I want to say is that I hope, I really do hope that it's not an indicator of things to come, but that rather it is just like we wanted to start you off at the very bottom so you can work your way back up to something that's going to be great. Because I've, I'm not here for this last 11 days, I got to tell you. I'm not, it hasn't been great for me. It's not been great in the, in the world. In the world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I know. I know it hasn't, but like, I just feel like it's been worse. It was, it's like, to me feels worse than than January 2021 felt. Right. Even with the insurrection. Oh, wait, maybe not. No, no. I mean... Maybe not. Listen. Maybe not. Maybe not. It's hard to compare, right? Because there are different things. I think like the more knowledge we gain of the situation that we're in, it starts to feel worse because we know we're like a little bit wiser about like what the fuck's going on, you know, a little bit, but not a lot. Like back then, like last year on January 5th, I never would have thought that that would have happened. But like this year, we have another insurrection, but now I know Mm -hmm. it's possible. Like I know it's really, it's really possible for a bunch of dumb fucks to try to overthrow the Capitol, you know? So I, I think it's cumulative is the point that, 
you know, if you feel worse, it's because you saw all that that time. You still have it in you. And now you're seeing all this new shit like Betty White and Bob Saget dying, you know? Oh, Bob Saget. That was sad, too. That was really sad. I mean, I met him a couple of times, but I knew so many people who worked with him, who loved him. So many comedian yeah. friends of mine who were have such nice things to say about him. and And of course, you know... I was a big Full House fan myself when I was a kid. And then Birdie was such a huge Full House fan and then loved Fuller House. Yeah. And Sidney Poitier. Yeah. Sidney Poitier, we lost. Betty White and Sidney. How old was Sidney? Was he in his 90s as well? Or late 80s. I feel like he was like 89. I mean, he was old. Older. Yeah. I the, mean, I'd tell that to an 89-year-old, but... Right, you know. right. Yeah. The, those those two, Betty and Sydney, I feel like people were able to celebrate and talk about how great they were, but then yes. the Bob Saget thing was just such a shock. So, you know... It was just so sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad. But um, it, it just says a, says a lot about all three of those people, the things that people had to say about them, about how remarkable they were and um, how kind they were. And it seems like everybody that ever worked with them had amazing stories. And so, you know, Mm. trying to find a little bit of comfort in that. But yeah. But that that sucks. At least Robert Durst died. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, so gross, that guy. (laughs) He really was so gross. He really was. he was like a mass murderer. Yeah, I'm well, right? Not a, not a mass murderer, but well, no, like, no, no, a serial killer. Yeah, he was a serial killer, more of a serial killer. Yes, he killed multiple people. Yeah, multiple. Yeah, people. Yeah, I mean that's what he said in that documentary. Anyway, when <laughs> he thought he, said, when he thought no one was listening, <laughs> fucking nuts. Well, can you imagine um, that moment making that documentary and he forgets to take off his microphone and he. Of course, because he's like a weirdo. He talks to himself in the bathroom. Can you imagine just being uh, the sound technician and realizing that he's like, he's like confessing to multiple I am going to need you to take back like a weirdo talks to himself in the bathroom because I also talk to myself (laughs) in the bathroom. (laughs) Do you admit admit confess to murders? No, I've never murdered anyone, but oh my like, god. I talk to myself in the bathroom too. I think the weirdo the weirdo delineation is strictly for like confessing to crimes and, yeah. and more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the burping. I- <laughs> the burping was really weird. <laughs> Wasn't it? Yeah. What a strange person and what, what an evil str- like it, I mean, evil and weird. It's a double whammy. It's not it's not great. No, not great. <sighs> anyway, um, so yeah, hard week. What did you want to circle back to about Eric Gurian? Oh, it doesn't have to do with Eric Gurian at all. Oh, but just what okay. you said. Like, I have I have a few people in my life. And I want to just say this. I feel like it's mostly men. Yeah. Where I'm like, hey, this can I offer? And I, by the way, now ask again, post I've been bringing up Hoffman a lot today, but yeah. I ask post Hoffman, can I offer something, a suggestion or can I offer yeah. something? Because I, cause I'm like, I'm done with like unsolicited advice. Yeah. Obviously I know the answers to everything, but <laughs> if you don't, if you don't want it, I don't have to give it to you, whatever. So, um, anyway, I was like, 
I recently I've been saying to like a few people in my life, like, can I offer something? Oh, there's this book. You should get it. Or you know what? I really think this thing would be really helpful for you or whatever. And then it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then crickets, you know, you never, (laughs) then they never, and then it's just like, they're not going to do it. And it's really frustrating because if people just did what I wanted them to do. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I just feel like, what is that? Why don't people, why don't people, why don't people listen? I don't know. It's a good question. That's a good question. Do you listen? Like if, okay. Okay. I'm for, for real. If you were, if you said to me like, hey, busy, your knee thing, have you read X book about healing knee pain or what the fuck ever. Yeah. You know, I would get it immediately. Yeah. Cause you're like a sponge like that. But I also would be like, even if I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get this surgery. I'm going to have to get this surgery. Yeah. I still would get the fucking book. Yeah. That's how you are. I think here's what I will say. I think it's okay to like reject people's whatever, like people's, I guess it's an, it's like an offer and attempt to help. I think it's okay. But I, uh, my quibble with that kind of thing is not just saying, yes, I looked at it. It wasn't for me, but thank you. I appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like cutting it off and ending it. Like I hate when people are like, that's it. I'm gonna get it. Or like, I got it, but I haven't read it yet. Or, you know, just whatever. But People are going to do what they're going to do. So I try not to get too mad about it. But I do wish people were... I wish people were more definitive in all things. And particularly in saying like, oh, yeah, I watched an episode of that show. It wasn't really for me. And then like... I'm not going to debate the person and tell them, oh, you have to read a few more pages. You have to watch a few more episodes. You have to learn a little bit more. I'm never going to do that. And I know some people would, but I just think I wish people were more definitive in there and just saying like, yeah, I read it. I still think I'm going to like, yeah, not really for me. Yeah. Get the surgery or whatever the fuck, you know, but I think people don't want to hurt anyone's feelings all the time. And it's like, well, (laughs) it's funny because it's kind of like, well, get over yourself. Like, why would you think that you like not reading some book that I recommended to you would hurt my feelings or whatever? Like, do you think you're that powerful that you could hurt my feelings? Like I've been rejected in much deeper and more creative ways than not reading a book I recommended. For sure. Um, But I think everyone thinks they're trying to be polite, but we're all just walking around in this like so undefined, like nebulous, like we (sighs) never know the answers. And I just want to know, like, I want to know, do you like pickles? Yes or no? It's not like a thing that we have to leave hanging or I just want to know. And then I know more about you and then I know, you know, how to relate to you better. But it's, I, I don't know. People are just... People are just going to do what they're going to do. So I try not to get disappointed. But I do want people to tell me as much about themselves as they feel comfortable so that I just know what I'm know what I'm working with, you know? That is what exactly what I feel, Casey. It's like, all I'm asking is who are you? Yes. Are you, the per- are you a person who like genuinely is interested in the world? 
<laughs> it's a simple or, question. Or are you a person that thinks you have all the fucking answers? Because <laughs> let me tell you something. People, the people that I have had in my life who think that they have all the fucking answers, not my favorite people, turns out. <laughs> but you think you have all the answers. I don't have all that. That's not true. I would buy the, I would buy the book. You would buy the book. I absolutely, I would go to Hoffman. I would it's do true. the thing. I it's would true. try a weird fucking workout class. I would, you know, yeah, I know all of the best things now because yeah. I have done all of the things up till now. And I, I will continue to. There's no limit. There's no <laughs> cap on the things that I will do or try or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, that's a thing that I really like about you is that you're a trier. Like you're, you Guess know. Guess what I'm trying right now? Again, again, um, trying again. I'm doing a six day all vegan thing. You oh, know? How's, how's that going? I'm on day two. Are you mad about no meat? No. Good. No. It's not, I just like, The good news is it's not like a diet where I'm trying to like lose weight. You know, I'm just trying to like get my body back in order a bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, And I took those really intense antibiotics and like, so there's like a probiotic thing and like- Right. There's like fermented foods and shit. I don't know. It's anti-inflammation. You know, there's like a list of things I'm not supposed to put in my bod. Right. Animal products. Yeah. Being the biggest. And then like gluten and sugar, no sugar. And, you know, it's just like all that stuff. But, but I had raspberries last night because I felt, I felt like raspberries. (laughs) I feel like raspberries are the, the universally, they're on every, they're on every eating plan. Raspberries. Mm. I feel sad for anyone that can't eat raspberries for whatever reason. They're a good friend to me. I love raspberries. I think that all sounds good. That sounds wise and like, you know, just, yeah, every day you can do a little something that makes you feel a little better. Do it. Anyway, that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying that like, I'm a person who is a trier and a doer. Yeah. And so then I guess when my suggestions to other people that I love feel like they're not being taken, it feels like a personal rejection of the way that I am as a human. I can understand that. Right? Is that it? Yeah, I can understand taking it personally. And then I think that, well, you know me, I'm always trying to like look at the other side of it. And so if you're taking it personally, maybe the other person's taking it personally that you're making a recommendation because they're like, uh, she doesn't think I do anything right and that I'm living my life wrong. And you know what I mean? So maybe that's why people are reluctant sometimes to take a recommendation. It doesn't mean it doesn't do, mean that's what you're saying. Right. I'm just saying that that might be the way that they're feeling. And that's about probably them. Well, it's always about someone else. Yeah. I don't know. Not always. It's not always about other people. Anyway, that was just, that's been a thing that I've been like thinking about recently. Yeah. I also think it's like, sometimes when I'm recommending something, it's not even that like, 
It's not even that like I have ultimate faith that it will work or that the person needs it. It's just something that I know a little bit about and have been interested in. And so I'm thinking like, oh, if we both like read this same book, we could like relate to each other and have something to talk about. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like an attempt at that. And so it is a bummer when somebody is like, oh, yeah, I just never read that or I never watched it or whatever. But it's just like... I do think, though, that the thing that you said hits on it more, which is like the just not acknowledging it feels worse. Yeah. If somebody were to just say like, I know, honey, I don't have fucking time to read that book. I love you, though. I love you. I have said that. I have said that to people before. I was like, is there just like a video on YouTube I can watch? A list. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I like cannot get through another fucking self-help book. You know what I mean? At this point in my life. Anyway, what are you doing your best at this week? Um, What am I doing my best at this week? Well, I think I'm doing my best at like taking myself seriously. I've been thinking a lot about like self-care and I think we're in this weird place where we're like talking about self-care all the time. And I think people automatically think like lotions and candles and baths baths and like all of those things are great and they they feel nice and they are taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. But I also think that we might be on a little bit of a treadmill where we're buying so many things and trying so many things and spending so much time applying things to like our corporeal outer bodies that like we're forgetting that there are some other things that are self-care and that's Mm -hmm. like doing puzzles and reading and Mm -hmm. like going to therapy if that's what Mm -hmm. we need and um And yeah, and taking yourself seriously. So like planning for a future and, you know, like those are self-care things too. And I also think like sometimes we can get so much into self-care that we forget about caring for anyone besides ourselves Mm -hmm. and um, beside ourselves. (laughs) And um, so I've been trying to focus on that a little too, like taking care of people around me, not that they need it. They don't. They're all grown ups and they can all take care of themselves. But I remembered a little bit, as I was saying last week, like how much it feels good to have someone take care of me in a way that's like not oppressive and that I welcome. And, you know, and so I've been trying to reciprocate that a little more because I realized like nobody's going to ask you for that. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to ask you for that kind of help. And so mm-hmm. I've just been trying to offer that a little more to the to the people around me. And so like taking care of myself in more ways that are like beyond lotion and taking care of other people that deserve to be taken care of, even if they might not even know it, you know, without being like a busybody or oppressive. It's a hard, it's a tightrope to walk. Well, that I was going to say, it's a fine line as Harry Styles would say. <laughs> But you know what is so great? Like my my husband is like, you know, we talked we talk a lot about like consent and I think it's something that we think of in dating lives or mm-hmm. like you know, teenagers need to know about consent. But I have to say like my husband 
he will always like, you know, he'll like squeeze my shoulders when he walks past me, but he'll always like stop and say like, is this okay? Like, are you, you know what I mean? Like never force me to like swat his hands away. If I'm not like, like remember when George Bush tried to touch Angela Merkel's shoulders and she did that reflexive baby move. (laughs) Like she was not having it. Like weird baby karate. (laughs) (laughs) Like everybody, almost everybody has felt like that at some point in their life where they're just like, Ugh, like I'm not in the mood to be like touched right now or whatever. And you don't think of it and you don't, you would sound like such an asshole if you were like, oh, please not now. You know what I mean? So it's very like sweet and generous. I think of him to be like, oh, is this okay that I'm rubbing your shoulders? <laughs> like, And then you can say like, oh yeah. Or like, oh, actually I would prefer if you got me tea or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you could, I don't know. He's left me some options and I realized that I never do that. So that's something that I have to work on a little bit, I guess. But it is. It's a tightrope. It's all about reading the room, right? I mean, dude. It's it's all about reading the same six rooms that you walk around that's in right. day after day. Day after day. Never leaving. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I, yeah. I am curious to know more about how you're taking yourself seriously, like what that looks like. It's hard, you know, the gig economy. A lot of people are working in the gig economy right now. And it's hard because I think a lot... Some people are very good at certain aspects of it. Some people are very good at everything. And some people are like struggling. And I think like I'm the kind of person who sometimes will leave something forever Mm -hmm. and then like panic work on it right before Mm -hmm. it's due or I I do my best. I think I do think I do my best work a little bit panicky. Yeah. And I mean, and because like, maybe that's because we've had a lot of practice on it because that's how we've always done things, you know, Mm -hmm. but I do think that my work is good when I do it panicky, but like, is it possible to do it in a non-panicked way? Because it doesn't feel good. Like the work might be good, but it doesn't feel good to be doing it in that state. So I'm just trying to like manage my time. I'm trying to like invoice people who owe me money. Mm -hmm. Like, as By the way, I think for freelancers, that is like, I have so obviously I have so many friends who are freelancers. Yeah. yeah. And that is like tracking down the money that you are owed is like another full time job. It's the worst. And then companies you put, are so fucking bad at it. You put it off and yeah. And they don't think that like, oh, this person's like really waiting on this $700 or whatever. So that's Which why, is insane. Like, of yeah. course. You know, yes, it, that's insane. But I, I just, it, it never ceases to amaze me. Yeah. When that you have to chase your yeah, money, yeah. Mm-hmm. you have to chase your money. And so like n- understanding that, like I'm working on like invoicing things in a timely manner, knowing that I will probably have to check in on it three, four or five times maybe. Um, I recently worked for a company where like the co-founder of the company reminded me to invoice and was like, make sure you get your invoice in so we can pay you. And I almost cried <laughs> because that I had never had that experience where someone was like, we want to pay you for the work you did. Make sure you get that invoice in. What can I do to help? But anyway, so all you people out there trying to do this, like, you know, 
very unfocused gig economy hustle. I see you. I know there are parts of it that are so hard, but like I'm trying to take myself more seriously to make time to do things. And like, honestly, like I'm a busy person, but I fucking have the time. Like I, you know, I have an hour a day that I spend looking at social media at least. So like I have the time I can do it. I can do it. And it's just a matter of, you know, well, I'm, I'm my own business, you know, at this moment in time and I don't Mm -hmm. have a boss and I'm not, I don't have to answer to anyone except for myself. And so I guess taking myself seriously is actually answering to myself for once instead of just being like, I'm just floating out here and I guess I'll get it done or what, you know, I'm like, I really want you to finish your movie. I really have been working on it. I really, you really have? Okay, I okay. have. Yeah. So, and, and that's part of it too. Movie. And I am trying to write a pilot just to say that I've done it, not for any other thing, but just to say that I've, that I've well, done it. Well, the movie, it. we're winning all of the Sundance Awards. Yeah. We're going to win that's... tons of awards. <laughs> and <laughs> Wait, what happened? I didn't, I totally missed it. Cause I swear to fucking God, not living in Los Angeles. I don't know anything that's happening in Hollywood ever because there's no billboards and the town doesn't like revolve around it here. But there were the Golden Globes. Yeah, they just did it like off TV because they're like, we're not going to make any substantive changes to our organization. We're just not going to air it on television anymore. (laughs) Fucking weird. I think it was because of like, I think it was because of COVID. But weirdly, I think there was also a ceremony because someone I know posted a picture on Instagram um, of some type of... Yeah, so I was like, so like, well, why not on TV though? So you're still going to gather in some way? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it was. Whether it was like everyone has kind of like lost their minds. They're just like because floating. COVID, we are not going to cancel a party, but we're just not going to televise it. I don't know. (laughs) Like, is that what happened? I don't know. I also think no, because I also think that the Golden Globes have been the subject of a lot of scrutiny, rightfully so, about the um, organization itself and like. Um, how these decisions have been made and that it's right. like just like 43 white, mostly men. Right. Handing out important awards. And I don't, or like, you know, like I think that Hollywood was just like, we're done with this. And yeah, I mean, I think it's like, again, it's one of those things where I I just think we're doing this because of tradition and we're just like grinding it out every year yeah. and nobody mm-hmm. really like loves it or cares about it. And like, no. not to say that the people who won didn't deserve the awards, but like everybody's life is just about the same, not having seen the awards being given out. I, I don't think. think people even have been watching them in the last few years. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe I not. Although Andrew Garfield won, I think, for for Tick Tick Boom. Tick Tick Boom. And who else? Um Nicole Kidman won for being Lucille Ball, still controversial. Um, that's not the name of the movie, being Lucille Ball. That'll <laughs> we'll make that movie. But I um, love for being, being for, Lucille Ball for being the Ricardos or whatever. What is it called? 
I have no fucking idea. Is it just called the Ricardos? Who knows? I don't know. No, it's called being the, being the Ricardos. I was right. <sighs> that seemed fake. I hate it when there's an adverb <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> I really do. Like in a title. Oh it's my an adverb, God. right? Like becoming the Ricardos or like <laughs> drowning, drowning, drowning Mona, whatever. Or like, <laughs> or like whatever. Rescuing oh Jessica. Yes. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. (laughs) (laughs) But MJ Rodriguez won for Pose. Right, right, right. I know, I know. And and bless. We're happy. I'm happy for any time there's a, like, something cool has happened, I guess. Yeah. But also, like, you're fine for not having seen it. I know. We were all fine. People, people fucking heckled it just as much when they just tweeted the winners as they would have had there been a telecast. So everybody got to be as mean as they wanted to be. And they didn't even need Jon Stewart to host it. And Okay. You know. We talk about it. We love it, guys. Olive and June, Manny system. Ugh. This was like kind of all my mom wanted me to give her for Christmas, I think. Uh, and I got her. But I got her, I got her something else. But like, I also was like, mom, you can get your own Olive and June, Manny system and also use our code. And <laughs> it's like very affordable and you're going to love it because you can achieve your beautiful salon perfect nails at a very affordable price. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I feel so sad that I love that your mom wants to try Olive and June because it is great. I mean... It's great. Especially right now when I don't want to be leaving the house, but I still want to look put together for all my Zoom meetings and everything where I talk with my hands a ton. I love being able to give myself a super cheap, perfect manicure at home. Let me tell you something. That's exactly right. That's right. The... Nail polishes are such good quality. They last seven plus days. Do not chip. The nail polish, like, I don't even know. It's I don't even know how to describe it. It sort of like fills in, but it's not like gloopy and it's not, it doesn't run anywhere. And then if you do have any little smudges, they, it comes, the Manny system comes with an extra little brush that you can just like swipe away the little mess ups. It looks like gel polish but it's not. And it literally breaks down to $2 a Manny. Yeah. When you, when you use the system. And they have this game changer poppy that like, it's like a silicone grip that pops on to the top of the, the nail polish applicator and it steadies your hand. Mm -hmm. And you know, it like even my non-dominant hand, I can paint it and it looks like I got it done by a pro manicurist. So guys, Everything is there with the Olive and June Manny system. Six polishes. It's every tool you need. And then they offer on their own site or Instagram some like tutorials to even show you how to make it even more perfect. So getting beautiful salon perfect nails at home is now. It's a dream come true. With Olive and June, your new nail life is here. Visit oliveandjune.com slash busy for 20% off your first Manny system. That's mom, are you listening? O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash busy, B-U-S-Y for 20% off 
your first Manny system. Go get it. Listen, guys, if you're carrying a credit balance month after month, it can feel like you're in just a never-ending cycle of debt. And this company, Upstart, can help you make the final payment so you can get ahead. If you dread looking at your credit card statements, trust you're not alone. I have been there. Upstart is very fast and an easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan, and it's all online, whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses. Over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment, just one fixed monthly payment. Upstart knows that you're more than just your credit score. It's expanding access to affordable credit for many people uh, like you. And unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income and your current employment to find a smarter rate for your loan. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000, and you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. So find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash best. That's upstart.com slash best. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you because we want the credit. (laughs) The loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash best. What are you doing your best at this week? Okay, so unclear. (laughs) But the, the I, week's I, young. The, the week is young. I'm unclear what I'm doing my best at this week because I don't know if I've been nailing it, but anything, n- nailing anything, period. But um, I just want to like, I've been not doing my best at something that I want to talk about. Okay. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. There's this field medic song that I love called I Will Not Mourn Who I Was That Has Gone Away. Mm -hmm. But I can't stop mourning who I was that has gone away. And I feel like I'm in this like fucking spiral in my brain of just looking at photos from right before the first lockdown in 2020 and from like 2019 and like 2018 and 2019 and 2020 and just being like, fuck, like I can't, I don't know. I'm in this like thing and I am having a really hard time getting out of it. That sounds hard. That sounds hard. And I like keep listening to that song, trying to talk myself into it. I I don't know. Some days it like manifests itself like physically. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm like, oh, physically I am so different now looking to which everyone who's like very close to me in my life is like, I mean, you're not really that different. You don't really look that different. <laughs> but I feel like I do. Yeah. You know? And like the 
not being, not working out because of the knee injury and then just all of that has been like kind of a mind fuck for me. And that's been really difficult. I think part, I think that's a difficult part of it too. But beyond that, it's like, one thing that definitely I know is easier. I think it's easier in general in Los Angeles than it is on the East Coast, but I just never realized how much like a baby I am in terms of a routine. Yeah. And like how important routines were to me. Yeah. And like how comforted routines made me feel. Yeah. And I'm so far outside of a any sort of routine. Every day is a fresh hell. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's what's the most destabilizing in all of this is the lack of, because almost like, Honestly, almost like the first couple, honestly, the first two months-ish of the lockdown in 2020, I just established a new routine. Right. And then I was just like, this is my new routine. And I was able to kind of like keep it together. Yeah. But I don't know. Everything seems to just like, everything is so topsy-turvy. Yeah. And I cannot get a fucking grip on anything. I can't, I feel like I can't get a grip on anything. Is that cool? (laughs) That's, that is cool. That, I mean, that's very honest. And I think a lot of people probably can identify with a lot of the things you're saying. One thing I do want to ask you is like, Great song aside, <laughs> why wouldn't you mourn who you were? Like, if if something happened to me and I went away out of your life, w- you would mourn. Yeah. Because I'm a friend to you and I love you and you know me very well and we spend time together a lot of time, sometimes, not as much as we used to, but like... I'm sure, you know, if we were together, we would spend a ton of time together. So what is different about me and who you were a few years ago, except for, you know, you are, you are yourself, but what's different about a form of yourself that's not... That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Why would you not mourn the loss of a part of yourself or someone who you were? Yeah. I mean, I guess part of it is just that I would like to, I would like to like think of ways to embrace rather than mourn who I was. And the life and my life and everything that I had, I guess I would, I wish I would be able to sort of embrace where I'm at, right? Like live in the present. That's a thing that I 
think, I think I talk, talked about a lot in my book, which was that I always was living, t- looking toward the future, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And I was doing that back, I was doing that a few years ago as well, you know? Yeah. And it's, yeah, and it's like sort of just the first time, I think, in my life, I don't know, maybe ever, <laughs> that I'm like looking back yeah, and feeling like, fuck. That's probably a little bit being in your 40s, you know? Like I know. It, well, that's that. There's that too. I you know. didn't have much to look back on, really. You know, when you were ten or twenty, there wasn't so much to look back on. You know, but sometimes twenty-year-olds do it. Sometimes ten-year-olds do it. Like my friend was just talking about. They got a new record player, and she was saying that her son, who's like ten was uh, playing records and he kept saying, oh, I haven't heard this song in years. Like he's a little old man, you know? So, I mean, we definitely have things, always have things to look back on, but you are at a point in your life where so many amazing things have happened. And so there is so much to look back on, Yeah, you know? And you're at a point in your life where you're like, you know, getting near the middle if, if you're lucky, you know what I mean? If you're lucky, this next 10 years will be the middle of your life because, like, maybe you'll live to almost 100 years old. Like, oh, like, I'm going to live past 100. You know that. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, like, like Miss Betty White, like living, you know, but it's, I think it's natural because things are changing. Like, you can see sort of the end of some things. Like, you can look at Birdie and know that they are growing up into a a grown up cuz you've done a beautiful job you know but there's a lot to look back on and it's i know i know i know i know i know but i think i think the challenge maybe is looking back with love and not not wishing that you could be back there and not regretting any type of choices or mistakes you feel like you've made because that it's all beside the point. You are where you are now and you have all this like beautiful, it's like a beautiful photo album behind you. You I know, know, but like it's a literal photo album. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like maybe, maybe the key is like looking back in love and being like, this is fucking great. And look how far we've all come. And then, you know, bitch, you still have a full empty photo album ahead of you. I know. It's just, I know. I know. Oh, but yes, knock wood. You're right. You know? Yeah. hope. Yeah. And so you don't want to fill that photo album with sad snapshots of yourself. Like regret. Regretting. Or wanting. Or yes. I mean, I just, yes. And I guess that's what's bumming me out too is like, I do feel like... I don't know. It's don't hard. Know. You're in, you're, you're in, you're it's literally it's in the middle. I'm in the middle. And I'm also like, yeah, I'm in a liminal, I'm in the liminal space still. Yes. And I'm a little bit like, why is this space still fucking liminal? And it's like, <laughs> oh, cause it is. Cause it just hasn't, it hasn't become what it is going to be yet. Yeah. You know? 
And I do feel like if I were in LA, it would feel different. I do feel like I would, you know, or maybe you'd be, you'd be able to not pay as much attention to it or whatever, you know? Well, yeah, because I like would have the support of like, and the comfort of being able to like see my best friends and eat my nachos yeah. I'm really fucking bummed about the nachos. You know, I was going to go back to LA after my time in the desert just to like get some nachos. Honestly, yes. I kind of was like saying it was when about you, work. When you Shush. say you want to be in LA with your best friends, let's be clear that you're talking about your best friends, <laughs> the nachos. nacho cheese and chips. <laughs> But only from petty cash. I mean, I get nachos here in New York. It's not the same. It's just fucking not the same, guys. It is not the same. I get that. I get that. Yeah. I want to be, I want to be, I want to be in that. I want to be in that place on Bev. I want (laughs) to get my fucking margarita. Oh my gosh. With the good shit. Margarita with the good shit and my cauliflower nachos. Why the fuck have they not renamed those nachos, the Busy Phillips nachos? I feel honestly, it feels rude at this point. Yeah, I mean, you raise a good point. Also, like, is there a patent on those nachos? Are you opening a cauliflower nachos truck in New York City? Well, I I don't know. I haven't been able to nail it the same. Here's what I do want to say. Also, you know this. The produce here is just leaves a lot to be desired. I Well, New York City in particular, I don't know why <sighs> that is. But like it, it, when you're out in the suburbs, you'll get like farm stand fresh produce more than you will in New York. Something about just something about going into New York City, like just makes a vegetable Wilt. It, it makes a vegetable die. It makes it die. <laughs> <laughs> vegetables, like, la- I'm not even joking you. Fruit and vegetables in my refrigerator in New York last like one fourth the amount of time as they last anywhere else in the maybe world. Maybe it's like, maybe it's like the heat and which, by the way, we should just point out New York City. If you're hearing like a little whistling noise, that's New York City heat for you. That's Busy's radiator is just a whistling away. But she's trying her hardest. She's trying. She's trying it's to fucking ch- freezing today. To we didn't even talk about out. how cold it was today. And guess oh what? Oh my God. I feel and like you had I had to work my, outside. I was working. We were shooting a scene outside. I felt, I really do feel like I did. Here's what I did my best at. I really felt like I wasn't an asshole about it. Like I really <laughs> felt like I wasn't like a, like a, like a diva or whatever. Like I felt like I was just like, we, this sucks. We're all unhappy. We're just going to get it done. No amount of complaining, no amount of me being like, can I go wait in my car? Is going to like, Change the fact that we have this scene to do. We got to get through it. So I just was like very work focused. Now you you Dolly Partoned it. I Dolly Partoned it. I don't know if I would have ever complained about. I I'm not sure if that would have been a thing I ever would have complained about in your whole but career. I, yeah, but I do know because I feel like the way that I get through things is to just like head down, power through. Yeah. 
But I do know that I have complained about other things, you know, what? and maybe what? <laughs> Shut up. Don't be mean to me. <laughs> well, that's another good thing about being in the middle, you know, is that you are in a place in your life where you're like, I have the experience to know what this is and I know yeah. the best way to handle it. And the best way mm-hmm. to handle it is to Dolly Parton it. True. Like, you know, so that's that's one positive thing. Being in the middle, whether it's in birth order, a row of airline seats, the years of your life, there's not many positive things about it. It's the most challenging time probably for all of us, the most challenging position. Um, but that's a positive thing is that you like you're experienced and you know your shit and you're like, I just got to get through this 17 degrees day. I'm also not thrilled with what's happening here, which is that I just got my call sheet for tomorrow. Yeah. With my pickup of 5.20 a.m. That's too fucking early. I'm sorry. It's just not acceptable. Yeah. We'll see how how Dolly Parton you're feeling at 5.20 in the morning. I'm not going to be feeling great. (laughs) I'm going to tell you that. That's I am going to tell you that. Um, why does why does show business have to take place so early in the morning and so late at night? It's, I don't know. Because it's, it's also, it's both. It seems insane. It's like yes. pick a lane. Yeah. Just like, are you an early morning thing or an extremely wee hours thing? But yeah. I will I say I'm much better with an early morning than with a late night. Yeah. I'm like definitely... I'm a morning person. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Faria, 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 Faria. Wow, guys. You went for it. Well, that's what Faria makes me feel like when I have those orgasms that just break on through to the other <laughs> side <laughs> using the awaken arousal oil, the sex oil. I am just all about this, you know, new journey for everyone of like, let's oil it up, ladies. For real. Let's get it lubed with some like good shit too. Not like this other bullshit. Like just get get the good stuff. Yes. I always get excited whenever people try products that we recommend and share it on Instagram or whatever. But I'm particularly excited seeing these posts pop up where people are trying for you because it is really good stuff. It's no joke. I mean, having good sex and orgasms is good for your health. So like chalk it up to self-care. Get yourself some for you. I mean, talk about self-care. Right? Yes. Yes. Listen, imagine the best orgasm you ever had. Now, imagine that it could be even better with products that are designed to naturally enhance your sexual pleasure, give you access to bigger and better orgasms, solo or with a partner. We've talked about this before. You guys, Foria has such a serious cult following with tens of thousands of people who've had their sex lives transformed. Um, 
We're just two of them. We're just two of them. We're just two of them. But if you really want to treat yourself, go online and read the testimonials because they are alternately very convincing, very spicy, and sometimes hilarious. Honestly, the Foria's Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil are the perfect combo for peak pleasure. Get into it. It's not just for you. Your peak pleasure will also equate more peak pleasure for your partner. Yeah. There you go, guys. So yes, you have our permission to go ahead and get lubed up. We fully endorse you to treat yourself to more deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it and as often as possible. And you can start with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash best or use code best at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash best for 20% off your first order. We recommend the Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil. You're going to thank us later. And when you do, just please tag us because we want to (laughs) know. A ginger, ginger oil. I love my ginger, ginger oil. It's ginger. It's ginger with two J's. J-I-N-J-E-R. And I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. Okay. First of all, years ago when I went to that Ayurvedic doctor and I was having all the sinus issues, remember she would make me take these foot baths with fresh ginger in them. Do you remember this? Yes, I do remember that. Okay. So then when I just was getting, had this sinus infection, I thought back to that and I was like, hey, this ginger essential oil which is like natural healing properties of ginger root. And it is the highest quality ginger oil because they have a unique extraction process that helps remove micro impurities, all natural, vegan friendly, cruelty free, sustainably sourced. I bet I could get the same sort of thing going for my sinuses if I just put this oil on the bottom of my feet. Yeah. And then put my feet in some hot water. And guess what? It worked. It it worked. It really worked. A little bit of warmth, a little bit of relief from congestion. When you're feeling it, like any, when you're not feeling your best, a little bit of comfort goes a long way. And ginger oil is like, it really works for that. My husband has like this chronic thing where like the side of his leg itches and it's like a nerve thing. And he's been for, um, acupuncture and they're like, yeah, I mean, this will help a little bit, but it'll come and go throughout your life. It's just a thing you have. But he puts that ginger oil on it and it feels a thousand percent better. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, I have to say it is one of my like new favorite go-to treatments for all that sort of ails me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I just love it. I just love it. I love it. I love how easy ginger essential oil is to use. It's pre-mixed with jojoba and evening primrose carrier oils. You don't need to mix it with anything else. And it's really like, it's just the quality. You know how good the quality is. You can tell. Anyway, we love it. Trust us, guys. You need to start taking the breaks you deserve with ginger essential oil too. And right now, We have an amazing deal. Of course we do. Just for our listeners, 20% off your first purchase. This is only available at our special URL, ginger.us slash best. That's 
J-I-N-J-E-R dot U-S slash best. You don't want to miss out. Again, it's ginger with two J's dot U-S slash best. Well, speaking of show business, last Mm -hmm. week I alluded to a story that I was like, I'm pretty sure I told this on the podcast before, but a bunch of people wrote in to say, you didn't tell that story, so tell it. And we were, it was when we were talking about fucking up and owning your mistakes. Yes, 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 yes. So this is the story. Okay. And hopefully, I don't think I ever signed an NDA saying I couldn't say this or whatever, but... What are they going to do? Anyway, when I worked at The Late Show with David Letterman, when I was a young person working at The Late Show with David Letterman, a huge part of my job was writing letters from Dave. He's a very old school kind of guy. He loved to send letters to people. And, um, and you know, he had so many hundreds of letters to send that that became part of my job to like write letters in his voice. And so because I aspired to be a comedy writer, at some point I was like, hey, since I'm writing letters and they're coming from you and you're Wait, signing them. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, and just to be clear, he would like read over the letters, be like, that's perfect and sign them. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I was like, since I'm writing letters and they're coming from you, should th- should they not be funny? And, you know, because you're a funny person. And he was like, well, yes, but they need to actually really be funny or I'm not going to sign them and we're not going to send them because, like, you know, th- it's a quality control issue. So I was like, okay, great. So really, that is how I learned how to write a joke. It was like an MFA in comedy I wrote these very short letters, brought a big stack of them into Dave every night. He would take a black pen and a red pen. And if it was all good to go, he would sign it. And if it needed work, he would take the red pen and be like, oh, okay, I see the joke you're trying to make here. Here's what you need to do. You need to move this. You need to shorten this. You're telegraphing your punchline, blah, blah, blah. So it was truly like an MFA in like writing one-liners. So it was... Which is like, by the way, worth worth the job. Yes. Yes. Like, I mean, that's like insane. <laughs> 100% worth the job. And I was like, I don't even know that he knew that he was doing it, but I knew that I was receiving an education and I was like, let me stay tuned here. So, um, so anyway, it was near Oscar time. And whenever it was Oscar time, our talent department would come to Dave and say, we want to send letters out to all of the people that we think are likely Oscar nominees, asking them to come on the show. And like, obviously we'll try to book them, but it's just like, if a personal letter comes from you, it's that much more meaningful whatever, whatever. And so it was the year that Nicolas Cage had been in the movie Leaving Las Vegas and Mm -hmm. he was getting all kinds of Oscar buzz, whatever. So we had a whole list of who the talent department thought were going to be Oscar nominees. And we wrote letters and went through the whole normal process and then got to Nicolas Cage on the list. And don't come for me, guys, when I tell you this story. Um, So I said, okay, what do you want the letter to Nicolas Cage to say? Because it was like an important letter. So I wanted to... And Dave was like, ugh, I don't want to send him a letter. We've asked him to come on the show a million times. He has said no a million times. It's just, it's not for him. So I don't even want to send him a letter. Just forget it. Skip over him. And because I was young and like, an optimistic idiot. I was like, no, 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 no. Come on. We got to try again. We got to try one more time. Like, you know, maybe it'll be different this time. What do you want to say in this letter to Nicolas Cage? And he was like, oh, 
fine, whatever. Just tell him to stop being such a bleep and come on the show. I bleeped it because (laughs) he just, it was, you know, it was just him and I, again, don't come for him. Don't come for me. It was a long time ago. It's the 1990s. He was saying something that like, I think wouldn't be that shocking today, but was kind of like a little shocking in a funny way back then. But he was just exasperated and he was more exasperated with me, I think, than with Nicolas Cage. And I was like, ha ha ha, very funny. Okay. So I go back to my office and I'm like, well, obviously I can't write a letter saying what he just said. That'd be like too salty. Insane. Insane. So I wrote a letter, a version of that sentiment in a letter that I thought was kind of cheeky, kind of funny. And, but not offensive, but got the point across. So, um, not calling Nicolas Cage a B word or whatever. So, um, I brought in, I put it in a stack of letters that I had written. I brought it into Dave's office. He corrected the ones that needed correction. He signed Mm -hmm. the ones that he was cool with. And then I had this system where I would, because it was pre-computer, I would photocopy the envelope with Mm -hmm. the address with the letter and Mm -hmm. file it away in this big binder of letters that had been sent out so that they could keep track of where all the letters. Yeah. Yeah. So we could keep Mm -hmm. track of all of that information Mm -hmm. in a very um, non-scientific and hard to search way. But so anyway, um, a couple days later, Dave was like, Oh damn it. We never wrote that letter to Nicholas Cage. And I was like, no, we did. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, no, you told me to write that funny slash insulting letter. Um, But you were just kidding. And so I just wrote a letter that wasn't, as salty and um, you signed it and I sent it and he was like no I don't remember this and I was like yeah no Mm -hmm. I have it and he was like go get it so I went Mm -hmm. and got it and showed it to him and the letter that I had written was dear Nicholas stop being such a woman and come on my show which I said don't come for me In the 1990s, you know, if you're not calling someone like the P word or the B word or the C word, you know, I was like, that's like a soft version of, you know, what what the idea was like. Oh, my God. I know. I said I was an idiot. I was an idiot. Dave was like, oh, my God get this letter back. You have to. And I was like, I sent it. And he was like, you have to do whatever you have to do to get this. We can't, this is offensive. And I was like, is it? And I was like, but people say stuff like this all the time. And he was like, listen, they do, but like, it's not right. And and it's this, also, yeah, like not my vibe. Yeah, it's not. And he was like, do whatever you have to do. Invoke the assistant code call his assistant, get the letter back. We'll destroy it. And like, it'll all be fine. Mm -hmm. I spent that day calling everywhere. Nicholas Cage's publicist agent. uh, Finally, I got whoever like worked in, worked for him. And I was like, Hey, I need to get that letter back. I'm trying to like, please like do me a solid. I'm just trying to get that letter back because Dave was not cool with it. And he did not wish to have Uh yeah he did not wish to have nicholas see that and um the woman was like girl i'm so sorry but he already received that letter and i was like well (laughs) and it was like but at that point it was late everybody had gone home i think i was alone in the office and i was like this is it like 
nobody had cell phones even back then. So I couldn't even like call his cell phone or whatever. And I was like, I'm not going to disturb him at home. But I was like, tomorrow I'm going to have to come in, own up to what I did and I'll be fired. That'll be it. That'll be the end of my job, my short time here. And so I'm sure I had like a dark night of the soul. I'm sure I was sleepless that entire night. I can't even remember. But I came in early the next morning to kind of like, I don't know, get a box and start packing up my stuff. (laughs) And then the guy who worked in the mailroom was like, hey, I uh, called and was like, hey, I have a huge delivery of flowers for the boss. Um, So I'm going to, are you there to get them? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, okay, I'm going to bring them up. So he starts coming down the hallway with his mail cart and it's like the giantest floral arrangement of like hundreds and hundreds of long stem roses. What? Yeah. And I was like, took the card and uh, opened it up and it was like, dear Dave, you're right. I'm going to stop being such a woman and come on your show (laughs) from Nicolas Cage. And whenever Dave came in, I was like, okay, the bad news is Nicolas Cage got the letter. Right. Good news is he it made him agree to come on the show. <laughs> and Dave was like, you are so lucky. <laughs> I mean, you are so lucky. I was but so also lucky. so smart. And also you have a good gut. And also, was it a good appearance? It was. He came on and um he brought the letter. And like, I don't you can probably find the clip on YouTube, but any I my memory is of Dave saying I didn't write that letter. <laughs> but Oh my but god. Nicholas Cage- I feel like I remember him being on Letterman for leaving Las Vegas. Yes, he did indeed come on the show. He did bring the convincing slash offensive, offensive to all womankind. I womankind, I'm so sorry. I was, you know, I was just like a try-hard guy's girl back then trying to do what I thought. Listen, Casey. You were 12 years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was. <laughs> you couldn't have known better. <laughs> I was a full idiot. You were a, you were a, a baby, baby thing. I well, was not posing on the cover of Maxim magazine. I was just writing mildly misogynistic. Okay, no, I was on the cover of <laughs> Maxim magazine. But uh, anyway, um, well, guys, today in bad feminist history of your hosts... <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, there it is. Well, that's listen, the story. It, yeah, that's I love that story. I know that story and I love it. Um and I like honestly, I love every part of it. I love the assistant who was like, sorry, that ship sailed. <laughs> I love I love Dave like being like, What are you talking about? No, no. Have you never heard never... of misogyny, you idiotic girl child? <laughs> I mean, you're like, no, I haven't. Oh, my God. Oh, so good. Anyway. I like to think that maybe that assistant is like the the lady that had to tell me that she couldn't help me. Maybe she's the one that made it all happen. Maybe she was, maybe like, she was like, that's hilarious. Or maybe she was like, I got to do this for this girl because otherwise she's dead meat. And just was like, let me send some flowers and tell Nick he's going on the late show. Who knows? I mean, honestly, I think he just thought the letter was funny. Was like, <laughs> what a weird, what a weird thing to do. Maybe, maybe. But that was really my first experience, I think, with like owning my shit and being like, I fucked this up and there is no fixing it mm. other than to say I'm sorry. Well, 
That's a pretty good one, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I need to go do my ADR. Yes. My voiceover stuff for G5E. And then I need to see my kid, see if she's okay. And then. I know, my poor little baby girl. And then I guess I should go to bed at like, what, 6.30 p.m. so I can wake up at 5.20. It's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. It'll be over soon for a little while. Well, I like it. I actually don't mind. It's just, can I be honest? It's the, this cold is oppressive. Yeah. It's much easier to get up at 5.20 or 5 a.m. for a 5.20 a.m. call time pickup when it's like 70 degrees out. Oh, yeah. I would fully... <laughs> like, oh, also, I have to go home because it's Gina Lobetti. Lobetti? What? <laughs> it's Gina Linetti's birthday. It's her birthday. Happy birthday, puppy girl. My little um, baby girl. All right. Well, guys, then this is this is it. We hope that... The first 11 days of your year has uh, has been okay. Been better than mine. Yeah. But if it hasn't, let's just, we're all just, we're going to just keep forging ahead, guys. Yeah. It's not an omen. It's not a, it's not a bellwether. It's nothing. It's just, just dates on a constantly. But also if I recommend a book to you, maybe just fucking get it. Or say you did even. what? Or be like, I don't have time for that. Yeah, just just don't leave it open ended. Let's yeah. Let's work. Let's on, close the op- let's close the open ends. Close the loops. Let's close, let's close the those loops. loops. And I give, close those loops. Give people closure. It's a huge gift you can do to someone, even if it's just on recommending a book. And you can mourn who you are that has gone away, but you cannot roll around in it. No, wallowing. Mm-mm. That song is really good. <laughs> I wish it could play us. I wish it could play us out. <laughs> it, we can't play us out with it, but we can put it on the Spotify playlist. I will not mourn who. All right, that's it. That's all we can afford. <laughs> Guys, we will talk to you next week. Yeah, maybe we'll get guests back up in here soon. Yes, people are asking, can I come on the podcast? So that's we would love to have them. We love that. Keep asking. Keep asking. We're gonna be like some are some are crazy. (laughs) 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 Some are some want to come on the podcast and talk about like some dubious inventions that's not interested. Dangerous. No. Yeah. But some of the people that are asking to come on the podcast, delighted. Um, well, take good care of yourself. Sleep and well other. and each other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and take a little time right, to guys. enjoy the view. <laughs> you know what? And just go live your best life. This I know for sure. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh, no.